morning. Welcome to Bethany Lutheran. Today we are continuing our walk through Mark. We are on Book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 9 through 15. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear God, so far today I've done all right. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent. I'm very thankful for that. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going to get out of bed. And from then on, I'm probably going to need a lot more help. Amen. Have you got this temptation thing figured out? Or have you used that prayer? Today's gospel text speaks of Jesus being tempted. Verses 12 and 13. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. That's it. That's Mark. Been there, done that, move on. Nothing more. Other gospel writers tell us what the temptations were and how Jesus resisted the temptation to lose his complete trust in God. So what can we learn from these two brief verses? Well, first, the Spirit drove Jesus out into the wilderness. Now, right before these two verses, we're told that Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit of God came down from heaven to rest upon him. Wow, the Spirit of God! How awesome! However, did you hear what the Spirit of God's first action is? The Greek verb used is ekbayo, which means drove out. The same spirit that descends upon Jesus at his baptism now drives him into this wilderness. This is the same verb that Mark used when describing how Jesus exorcises unclean spirits from harassed people. Next, we're told he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. Now, why did Jesus have to be in the wilderness? Why did Jesus have to struggle and be tempted? Well, I see at least two reasons. First, Satan believes he can rule this world. He wants to be God. He's power hungry and disillusioned. 
Jesus needed to face his temptations and show Satan that Jesus came to reclaim mankind. Satan was put on notice. And second, I think it was to provide him with something essential to his ministry. I think it was to establish his oneness as man with mankind. Jesus knew what we face in this world, but now he faced the trials and temptations himself as a man. Now he knew what we feel. As God, Jesus knew our emotions. He created those emotions. But to feel them himself, to experience despair, anguish, being powerless to control the situation, that is a different level of understanding. He, too, had to rely on God the Father and the Word of God to battle temptation. Now, we also find ourselves in times and places of trial, temptation, and struggle. Sometimes these are of our own making. Sometimes they're thrust upon us by others or the happenstance of life. Can you imagine how the Spirit of God might make use of those challenges to strengthen you or prepare you for a future circumstance? Can you imagine that the Spirit of God might make use of you during those challenges? Now, please understand, I am not suggesting that God causes us misery or suffering not to teach nor to punish. I do not believe that God wants us to suffer. Nevertheless, is it too much of a stretch to consider, what can I get out of this experience? How might God use me to help somebody else? Remember, the same Spirit of God that descended upon Jesus at his baptism is now that same Spirit that drove Jesus out into the wilderness and is the same spirit that accompanied him during that time and brought him back again. When my son was 15, he was into some serious trouble. As I sat behind him while he stood before a judge, and as I sat in the waiting room, waiting to begin my visit with my son in juvenile lockup, I was in some serious despair. What did I do wrong? What did I not do that I should have? I was married to his father. We had a happy, peaceful home. We do not swear. We rarely had a drink. I did home daycare so that I was home for my children. His father worked with the soccer team. I worked with his Cub Scout troop. We raised him in the church and Sunday school. What did we miss? Things like this do not happen to decent church families, I thought. I soon found out how wrong I was because God put me in the path of other church families with the same misconceived thoughts. They now felt less shame and embarrassment because the Sunday school superintendent had the same family trials they had. Years later, God put me in the position of working intensely with troubled teenage boys. 
street kids abandoned by families, gang members, druggies, kids raising siblings with no adults around, spoiled rich kids with no respect for anyone or anything, sexually abused kids, and kids hardened by too many life blows. And I loved it. I could see that small flicker of hope, of spirit still hidden in those kids because I met so many of them through my son and the path that I walked. I could love the unlovable kids, the throwaway kids. I could also minister to and give hope to the parents in despair over their wayward children. In my time of despair, God was there. God drove me into the wilderness and the Spirit of God prayed for me when I was on my knees with nothing but groans of anguish left. God saw me through my journey in the wilderness so that I could be of use to him and his hurting children. For you see, God is in the business of taking that which seems only to cause death and somehow to turn it into resurrection life. I recently found a quote that describes the road to holiness. A seeker after truth came to a saint for guidance. Tell me, wise one, how did you become holy? Two words. And what are they, please? Right choices. The seeker was fascinated. How does one learn to choose rightly? One word. One word? May I have it, please? The seeker asked. Growth. The seeker was thrilled. How does one grow? Two words. What are they, pray tell? Wrong choices. Every day, every single day, we are faced with temptations. So where are you on the road to holiness? Are you at wrong choices, growth, or right choices? Whatever you answer, you are wrong because we are all at each of the stages over and over. When tempted, we make a wrong choice. We learn from it and grow. The next time we may make the right choice or we may again make the wrong choice and do some more growing. And just when we're pretty sure that we have that temptation conquered, we're faced with a different temptation and we start all over again. If you are in a struggle or a time of despair, if you find yourself in the wilderness surrounded by wild animals, if you are in an excruciating time when God seems silent, hear the promise of God's presence with you. Then look for God at work in you for the sake of of bettering someone else's journey. Rather than just trying to survive the times of wilderness, plan to emerge from them renewed with hope, faith, and confidence, even eagerly anticipating how God will use your new experience to ease someone else's journey. Oh yeah, 
And do not miss the last part of verse 13. And angels attended him. God sent angels to attend to Jesus the man during his time of trial and need. And know that God does the same for us. Look for them, for those angels, because they are there, often in human form. That is how much God loves you. And that is why you can feel moments of calm, moments of the peace of God that passes all understanding, even in the midst of the storm. Amen.